Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to Who What Where with Hillary Kerr, your direct line to the designers, stylists, beauty experts, editors, and tastemakers who are shaping the ever-evolving world of fashion. I'm your host, Hillary Kerr, and today I'm joined by the incredible actress and author, the ever-stylish Busy Phillips. You know Busy from Freaks and Geeks, Dawson's Creek, Cougar Town, her podcast, Busy Phillips is doing her best, and so much more. Busy is here today to talk about her latest role in the Tina Fey produced show, Girls 5 Eva, her next level necklace game, and being recognized for her colorful wardrobe from LA to New York. It's all coming up on Who What Where. Hi, Miss Busy. It's nice to see you in your fabulous dress. <laughs> so nice to see you in your fabulous dress. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm really excited to talk to you right now. This makes me all kinds of happy. Mostly because, obviously, I follow you on social media. I've been watching the journey of you filming Girls by Veva. I have seen the trailer. I am very excited. The show comes out tomorrow, May 6th. It's so exciting. Crazy. So obviously it's like it's set in the 90s. Well, partially there's flashbacks to the 90s. Yeah, we do get to go back in time, but we're also in present day and there's a lot happening. So one thing that you've been really open about, and I think that it's so interesting and cool, is that you're very selective about the projects that you work on. Like you want to work with people who you really enjoy when it's interesting, like when you really feel called to a certain project. So I'm assuming that when Tina Fey knocks on the door, you answer the door. So can you tell me about how this project started, how you came to work on it, all of that? Yeah, I mean, listen, you and I have known each other for so long, and I... I'm able to be that picky in part because several years ago, my Instagram became very popular and I was able to monetize it and start to work with brands that I like. And I'm still lucky to work with so many amazing brands. And so that sort of took a pressure off of me that a lot of actors and creatives face, which is the you got to take a job for money thing. Yeah. And this business is hard. You know, it's hard to work within the confines of what Hollywood wants you to be or say or do. And so I was very happy to be able to take a step back and not have to take a job for money because I think that there's a lot of shitty parts out there for women. And I just didn't want to do them. You know, I didn't want to have to subject myself to it or compromise myself in any way. And people are like, but you're selling, you know, stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but we're all selling stuff. You know, that's how any television show gets made. But so yeah, so I had taken a break and Tina Fey and I had done a pilot together years ago that didn't get picked up for NBC. And then she was the executive producer on my late night talk show, RIP. And then there was the pandemic. I was doing a bunch of other stuff and the pandemic happened and launched my podcast with my former Busy Tonight showrunner, Casey St. Ange. It's called Busy Phillips is Doing Her Best. And it's wonderful. 
you can listen and subscribe and download or all the stuff you're supposed to do with podcasts. I don't fucking know. Anyway, and she called. She called me. Well, no, but it's weirder than that. (laughs) We were in L.A. like everybody doing the lockdown and the summer was hard and I was feeling very uncomfortable also feeling really weird about LA in general and I've lived in LA since I graduated from high school I went Mm -hmm. to college in LA I've lived there for over 23 years it was starting to turn for me in the weirdest most unexpected way ever and starting in late August we were looking for places outside of the city but still in Los Angeles to like rent to see if we liked moving a bit outside of where we had been living and we got rejected unilaterally everybody said no to our rental applications I think it's because we had the puppy and people were just like no not no. gonna deal with a puppy <laughs> a puppy and two kids and they were like absolutely we're not renting you our house also like everyone was trying to get out yeah everybody was doing the thing and people were moving around and then when the fires started in LA and I was coughing all summer like I couldn't stop coughing and it's not the best time during this pandemic to have a chronic cough it was just causing a lot of anxiety for me yeah and then the fire started and I really started coughing and Mark my husband was looking on line and he's like you know rents are very inexpensive in New York right now we could rent a place in New York for a month and just go live there it's the best time of the year you know it's September in New York their numbers were low the kids can do remote school and so it was just this crazy confluence of circumstances I'm like yeah let's just go to New York fuck it let's just go to New York within 48 hours these people accepted our month rental thing with the dog and And we packed up for three weeks and flew out here thinking that was what it was going to be. And week two, Tina Fey calls me. Did she know you were in in New York at that point? Well, she did because I interviewed her for my podcast Uh, like two days earlier. Yeah. And she follows me on Instagram. She has a Finsta. And she was like, what are you doing? Why are you here? I was like, it's a long story, but we just wanted to get out of L.A. for a minute. I don't know what's happening. We're going to just see what we end up doing. And so she called me two days later and she's like, listen, I know this is crazy. Do you know about this TV show we're about to start shooting? And I was like, no, you're about to start shooting a TV show. It's a pandemic. What's happening? She's like, I know it's nuts, but Universal has all the protocols. It's a television show. It's going to be streaming on Peacock. And it's about a 90s girl group that then tries to sort of stage a comeback in their 40s. And I, no joke, fell on the floor and was like... Why are you telling me a dream that I've had? What are you talking about? And then she was like, Meredith Scardino wrote it, who's an incredible writer. Sarah Bareilles and Renee Elise Goldsberry are already signed on. And there's this part of summer and we always thought of you for it. But because of the pandemic and you lived in L.A. and I wasn't even going to ask you to make that decision with your kids and, you know, what that would even entail. But you're here. So do you want to just stay and do this TV show? (laughs) (laughs) And I was actually picking up tortillas for the kids. And I like couldn't even comprehend what was happening. And I was like, yeah, I mean, Tina, yeah, Tina, yeah. And she's like, let me just, I'll send you the script right now. You can read it. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Send me the script. So I walked into the house and I was like, Mark, I think Tina Fey just offered me a TV show about a 90s girl group trying to make a comeback. I think she just made my dreams come true. And Mark was like, oh, my God, what? So that was it, man. 
like crazy. And then cut to like, so we had to find a rental. We found a rental that fit our needs. It turns out there's a school around the corner. And then we were trying to rent our house in Los Angeles. And like the first people who came to look at it we're like, we don't want to rent it. We want to own this home. And at first I said no. And then I just was like, I got to just go with the universe in this moment. Okay. It's amazing when, I mean, you're no stranger to struggle. There are obviously difficulties in career and life and everything. It is wild when the doors just swing open. Yeah. But I think that you have to be open to it, right? Yeah, Like, totally. that's the key. And I don't know, like, I've never read the book, My Year of Yes, but I think about that. <laughs> I think about that idea yeah. of just being open to what the universe puts in front of you. And by the way, saying yes to a TV show in high quarantine is also not a no-brainer. How did that go? Yeah, no, that was scary. And logistically speaking, I had a lot of questions, but I did feel like... The protocols were really well explained to me. Honestly, this is of every job I've ever had, hands down my favorite job and hands down the hardest job I've ever done and the hardest I've ever worked. I mean, I saw a lot of training going on. Oh, I trained. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea. And (laughs) God willing, we get a season two because you guys are all going to watch it. I already said to the girls, I'm like, we're doing a boot camp four weeks before we go back to shooting. We're doing a singing and dancing boot camp. Choreography is no (laughs) joke. We just like, time was so limited because of COVID protocols. We couldn't be even in person for some of the choreography training. Like we had to do it over Zoom, which is, you guys try to learn a dance over Zoom. I guess. (laughs) That's TikTok though, right? I guess that's TikTok. (laughs) Right. But you're not a teenager or a tween where I feel like there's a different capacity to pick some of that stuff up. I'm just saying. (laughs) I guess so. Also, it just didn't feel like TikTok. It felt much harder. Yeah, because it was. Also, I'm not a dancer. (laughs) I am definitely a double threat. I am not a triple threat. (laughs) Well, TBD. It sounds like you're starting to become one. So can we talk about the fashion? Because obviously, as you said, it's set now, but there are a bunch of 90s flashbacks. And I'm sure that you have some favorite looks from the show. What should we keep an eye out for? Okay, well, there's like a denim and terry cloth moment. I'm excited already. I have like a pink, juicy sweatsuit and then one of those like mini puffer coats that had the big hood. How could you not? Back in the 90s, Abby. Look out for this. In her home hanging is a giant wedding portrait of her and her former boy band member husband. And they're both in white denim, like head to toe white denim. So that was one of my favorite outfits. I mean, just all of the show looks were so good and the music video looks were so spot on. (laughs) Tina Nigro did the costumes, did the wardrobe for the show. And honestly, she just was a genius. She had a whole vision board of all the trends from like 95 to like 2005. Oh, God. And all of the girl groups and all the pop stars. And just picture upon picture on the wall for us to reference and look at. We have the camo look. We do the camo. Yes. Like we had to do that. Do you have a say in any of that? Or do you participate? Does it depend on the project? Or are you just like, I am here for your artistry and vision? Like how does that wardrobe piece of it work with you specifically? With me specifically, I mean, I tend to think that like everything in TV and film works best when it's a bit collaborative. Waltzed respecting the fact that the professionals who are doing the jobs, this is their vision and this is their expertise. You know, 
as a person who maybe is like, that doesn't look great on me. You do have to be willing and open to hearing them out on how it's going to work and what it's going to look like. I would say that it varies from project to project, but especially on this show, working with Tina Nigro, she just had such clear vision for the characters and the flashbacks. And then it was just like minute details. How do we fit this like 90s trend of low rise jeans onto this body that has not put on a low rise jean literally ever in my life? That just made me I started thinking about like Frankie B jeans back in the day and like how terrifying they were on my young body, let alone now if that's like a fear factor moment. I've had two kids. I haven't had stomach surgery. (laughs) I have a lot of skin there still. At one moment, I think I did use tape and I like taped my skin down because I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. We all need a little magic sometimes. That's the magic of movies. (laughs) That's the secret to everything, turns out, is tape. (laughs) Yeah. So your character, Summer, is supposedly a real housewives reject living in a Jersey McMansion. So are you a fan of the housewives in real life? And did you draw inspiration from anyone? No, and I'm not. (laughs) Isn't that wild? It's so funny because I just read my friend Casey Wilson's great book, The Wreckage of My Presence. She's like such a, you know, she has a huge, very successful podcast about the housewives. Yep. I've been friends with Casey for years. Actually, we did the The pilot together together Mm -hmm. that didn't get picked up. And reading about her love of them in her book almost made me want to. But the thing is, I don't really watch a lot of stuff at this point in my life. I don't have the fucking time or the energy or the bandwidth. Also, it's like, do you want to bring work home with you? I'm sure there's some TV and film that you very much enjoy just from the purely artistic point of view. But I know even for me, like as a journalist, I will read someone's story and start thinking about the edits and some of the choices that are made. And it's not pleasure anymore. It's still a little bit of work thinking. Yeah, I just feel like for me, the housewives fall into like a category of like I have extra time and I'm laying here and I'm like kind of hungover. It feels like something I would have probably really loved in my 20s. And like I know so many people love it, but I'm just saying the way that I consume media. Yeah. Like I don't know how to fit that into my what little time I have to watch something. I want to watch something that's like Art. Great and fun. (laughs) Well, it doesn't have to be art. I like during the pandemic, like I watched The Good Place from start to finish. Uh, You know, I like loved that show. I'm sorry. That's art in my opinion. It is. It's great. Well, so is Girls 5 Eva. Okay, good. I'm really excited. (laughs) But all of that said, Summer does have a really good tagline, which is something I tend to associate with Housewives. Wait, what is her tagline? In her recent promo, you said, I end songs with a sultry, feminasty feminasty phrase. phrase. Yeah. I end songs with a sultry, feminasty phrase. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. She says that in the pilot. Because she can't actually do a harmony because she just floats to whatever the person next to her is singing. Which is also not dissimilar to me. Although... I can do some harmony. But anyway, I didn't use Housewives' research because I just felt like there was so much to build from in the show and the script. She was just so Summer was there for you. She was there for me. And I kind of like was, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like I just made like wild choices. Like from the start, like I was just like, she's on pills in this scene. Like, (laughs) and it really, I've seen most of the series now. 
I haven't seen the last two episodes, but it works. It totally works. Can we talk about the vocals for this song? What is that like? Is that a new skill set? Do you feel comfortable with it? What's the most challenging part? Well, recording in the studio was challenging. Singing in and of itself is not challenging for me, and it's something that I've always done. I mean, I would say singing next to Sarah Bareilles is a little intimidating. (laughs) I mean, she has an incredible voice, and Renee Elise Goldsberry as well, just a powerhouse. But we were constantly singing on set. We would make up songs. Paula Pell and I would break into weird songs. And I would say that like figuring out where Summer's pop voice lived took me a minute to figure that out. But once I did, like, (laughs) I think everybody was like, it was like so much better than what I think Jeff and the other music supervisors were thinking it was going to be. They're like, those are really good, Busy. That's really great. (laughs) Like, thanks, guys. I mean... I try my hardest. So it seems like you had a lot of fun with the fashion for the show. You Mm -hmm. obviously have a lot of fun with fashion in real life. For some reason, someone listening to this doesn't follow you on Instagram, which is probably kind of hard to believe. You should immediately, because I feel like one of the joys of your Instagram is your personal style. Oh, that's nice. Obviously, we have a little kindred spiritness going on, but like you have wardrobe changes throughout the day. You are great about promoting designers and smaller brands that you're finding, independent Mm -hmm. brands. I love that. So I'm curious, what are some brands, some designers, some companies that you're really loving now in the fashion space? Well, I love Autumn Abago. And I actually got her into my friend Stacy's store in Charleston. That's amazing. <laughs> just, you know, like Malcolm Gladwell, just connecting, just yep. connecting people. Yep. I made the introduction. They did all the work. Uh, but, you know, I always loved Doen. I love those girls. But it is interesting making a coastal shift because... Some of it doesn't work in New York? Some of it does not work in New York. Like what? Well, sometimes I walk down the street and people do look at me like I'm insane. Really? Yes, I swear to God. A guy did come up to me and he was like, oh, I just want to tell you my wife loves you so much, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, thanks so much. Wearing a mask. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I totally knew it was you because, you know, no one dresses like that. And I was like, what does that even mean? No, he meant it in like a nice way, but I was wearing like a bright yellow dress. And the old adage, while it's not 100% because nothing ever is, but people do tend to be a little bit more subdued in their palette choices in New York, I've noticed. And I tend to wear a lot of bright yellow summer dresses and things (laughs) like that. Like, you know, just wild and like trying to make those work in snowstorms and Ganny the boots really helped me sort of tie some things together um oh my god what's the name of that designer that I love wait is it the new one that you just wore that's patterned and has like the cups was it Royal Jelly Harlem because I love Royal Jelly Harlem too it was a I want to say like Brazilian or Italian designer Oh, always Aqua by Agua Bendita. Yes, I was oh my not God, familiar. The I literally almost wore an Agua Bendita dress for this interview too. And then I put on the dress that doesn't close on my boobs right now because COVID, <laughs> Rosé. And 
then I we landed on the Doan, which I just think is perfect. Um, so we could match. But Agua and Agua by Agua Bendita was not on my radar until you wore it. And I was like, great. And then I was like, okay, it's at Moda, it's at Shop Bob. I was like, okay, we can do this. But it's not huge yet. It isn't. Uh, no. well, we just did it. We just did it. You're welcome. In the last like three years, I've bought so many of those dresses. I love them so much. They're beautiful. You know what I love is the La Double J dresses yes. recently. Uh. And returning to Rachel Comey, who I always love, but I think that really does work for New York because New York, yeah. Rachel Comey. And then we I have to find who this new person is. Kika Vargas. That's my new vibe. I'm very into it. Wait, can we talk about your necklaces too for a minute? Because this <laughs> yes. podcast also is about personal style. So yes. you have like a very next level necklace game. So what are you wearing now? And how do you pick your pieces? Because they are curated, but there's a level of chaos that I love. It's chaos. Yeah, I would say it's more chaos than but anything. It, but it's it feels very curated too so what are you wearing right now this is half z's this is half done because i was running late from my acupuncture appointment <laughs> so this is not really indicative of what i would be wearing normally and what i will probably be wearing later today but i tried a very chain length and type a lot of people the one thing they want to know is how they don't get tangled yeah and you have to take them off every night and oh. you can't work out with them on. So I'm sorry to tell you there's a lot of on and off that you have to be willing to do in order to not have your necklaces tangle, but you can't sleep with them. So you take the whole shebang Everything off. off. I can't sleep with jewelry on. Really? I'm like a baby, Hillary. <laughs> like I'll like scratch myself on the face or something with a <laughs> ring. Like, those I, little mitts. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I need mitts. And I, and I would like strangle myself with a necklace. You know that I've had too much to drink if I wake up and I'm wearing my necklaces. Ah, uh, like I just uh. can't do another lobster clasp and I like pass out. But I mean, I would say that like at my most, I probably wear like 10 a day. So a lot of them are Irene, right? A lot of them are Irene because Irene Newirth is a good friend of mine for many, many, many years. She's responsible for your candy necklaces, right? Yes. And I'm responsible for naming them candy necklaces. <laughs> so that's our real simpatico relationship. Whether or not she wants to give me credit, that's fine. She can think she made it up. I made it up. And then I like the last line, yes. Shelly. Yeah, yeah Shelly's sweet. So I have a couple of last line necklaces. And then I like these crystals from Rock and Raw. This bee was a gift from my glam girls from Busy Tonight, Erica, Cloud, my stylist, and Kendra Man and Kiki, Hi Cotter, who did my hair. And I can't remember who it is, but it's cute. And I love it. And then what else do I wear frequently? I have like a big heart, flat heart that's Irene's. I have like a Kendra Scott thing that I like. I've got Maya Brenner, who's a friend. Oh, and then Jennifer Fisher. I love Jennifer Fisher, everything. Hoops, right? I love my hoops. Yeah, I do love a big hoop. I got a big face, Hillary. <laughs> you got to balance it out. But I love like there was something on Instagram the other day. You were like doing something for press and you had a headband and you had earrings and you had necklaces and you had a shirt and there was a lot going on. But it was so vibrant and effervescent and optimistic. And I just Thanks. loved it. Thank you. I like don't necessarily subscribe to like turn around and take one thing off. What does Coco know? <laughs> 
<laughs> she knows a lot, but maybe just not for everybody. Like everyone's different. What I do subscribe to is don't let the thing wear you. You wear the thing. Mm. That is a thing that people should more think about when they're leaving the house. And sometimes a hat really wears you. Oh, hats can really wear people. Yeah. I'm going to just be bold here. I rarely see a hat that works. <laughs> Like a fashion hat, not like a hat for sun or for baseball or a beanie for warmth. Not a functional hat, a fashion hat. I have rarely seen someone wearing one. I have mostly only seen the hat wearing the person. Well, it's a little funny when you're like, there is a chapeau walking towards me and its owner happens to be with it. Like when a dog walks a person. The thing that's interesting is that I think it's like in its essence, it's supposed to be sort of carefree, right? It feels very careful. That's exactly right. But it feels so careful. Although I do enjoy, I like a hair accessory. I like a bow. I like the headbands. So Has your shopping changed, A, since you've been in New York, and B, in the pandemic? Well, yeah, of course. Do you shop differently? Yes. I mean, you have your friend Stacy. What is her store? Hampton Clothing in Charleston. And she's a small business, and she's built this thing, and and COVID was tough for small business owners, especially retail and clothing and things. But she's doing great. She just has such great taste. We became friends because I was in Charleston doing that TV show Vice Principals years ago. And I, before my family came out for the summer, I was kind of flying back and forth and didn't really have any friends. And like one Saturday afternoon was wandering around and wandered into her store and was like, who owns this? This place this is, is amazing. <laughs> you know, it was just like in a sea of Lily Pulitzer. Like, I was like, wait, what is happening? Who has the R13 jeans? What? <laughs> anyway, so she and I became friends and I love to support her. And she sends me boxes of clothes sometimes, which are, you know, that's a real slippery slope. You got to be careful yeah. when you become friends with people that can send you boxes of clothes. Yeah. Because then you're like, I'll just keep it all. And then you have to pay for it. Yes. So do you find yourself more interested in certain things right now? I remember, I think you said early on, I don't feel good if I don't dress. Yeah. And that was always a thing for me. You know, LA pretty much invented the like Lululemon culture, wearing that the whole day long. And it just never was right for me. And I think partially... I live such an unstructured existence anyway with my job that I had to learn tricks over the years to give myself the feeling of structure so that I didn't just like float off into the ether and get depressed and stuff. So when the shutdown first happened, I was like, I'm waking up every day. I'm going to do my workout every day. I'm going to shower. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to put on makeup if I feel like it. I just made it a point to like continue to sort of get dressed in the way that I like to. I would say that like moving to New York has been more of a shift just because I do love wearing dresses mostly. And then there gets to be a point in the weather where you can't. Yeah, it becomes challenging. You can, but then you're just kind of cold and uncomfortable. (laughs) So I did wear way more denim this year than I've ever worn in my life. Did your footwear change? Because when I lived in New York, I felt like my L.A shoe closet and the New York shoe closet were very different because there's just so much more walking. Oh my God. Yes. I realized that my LA shoes, there's a lot of like, and this is gross, but I'm going to say it anyway, car to curb shoes, like shoes that are made for like getting in your car and then driving to a restaurant and then getting back in your car. (laughs) Having lived in New York now for like eight months, I'm mad at sex in the city. They (laughs) lied to me. 
They lied to me about a few things, but yeah. I'm mostly mad about the footwear. It's unreasonable. It is unreasonable to expect anyone of any age to be able to wear anything other than like a sneaker or a Chelsea boot. I bought the most amazing, dreamiest, mint green, Dries Van Noten knee-high boots. I was like, this is my look this winter. I have not worn them out of the house one time. I tried and I turned around and walked back in the house because I was like, there's no way. I won't make it three blocks. (laughs) Well, it's like I love my shoes too much to subject them to New York. Oh, for sure. I went bold and I bought a pair of like white. Fendi combat boots. That's reasonable because they can get beat up and that's kind of the point, right? Yeah, but I like them really pristine. Oh, well, that's a different thing. (laughs) I know. I've been a person who has worn heels since I could walk, Mm -hmm. essentially. I love it. I like open-toed shoes. I like sandals. I don't want to wear sandals on New York City streets. It's disgusting. (laughs) That's very true. I'm having a hard time with the shoe thing. I don't know what to do. Well, I mean, like, I think it's like everything else. You get used to whatever you get used to. I'm just back to the white sneakers, you know, like every other fucking mom. (laughs) So, okay, last question for you, because I know you have a life. And while I'd like to just harass you all day, I can't. I know. It's so nice to talk to you. I miss my L.A. friends. I know. I'm I'm like, here's a virtual hug. (laughs) Well, you'll be back at some point, right? I don't know. I don't think I'm going to live there. I'm very excited for like travel to reopen because I feel like so many of my friends are in New York all the time. Any you're in New York all the time. Constantly. Like, that makes me feel a little bit better. And I'll be able to go back to LA more. That'll be wild to be like visiting. I actually did come back to visit to do this thing for Girls Five Eva. And it was really weird. And I didn't tell anyone I was coming because I was feeling very nervous about it. I love that you say that like Demois didn't post about it. What? There's an Instagram private account that posts all sorts of random gossip and you were on it. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Wait, what did they say? They said you were in LA. I was at Petty Cash. You know, I was eating my fucking nachos. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I was sitting outside eating my nachos. Was it crazy to come back? Like, did that feel good or was it weird? It was weird. Moving across country, selling the home that you've lived in for 14 years without going back and packing it up yourself and saying goodbye to it when you thought you were leaving for three weeks would be a trauma had we not just gone through the last four years and then the last year. Yeah. And so everyone's processing everything differently than you would have in the before times. Mm -hmm. And so going back was really strange. And I did feel displaced. And I did drive by my old house like driving past an old boyfriend's house. I mean, this very Olivia Rodrigo of you. I know. My driver's license. Um, I'm obsessed with Olivia Rodrigo. Who is it? People who don't know anything. I'm lucky enough to have like the coolest almost 13-year-old of all time. Yeah, that seems so... to help. I just have TikTok. <laughs> you haven't even asked me, Hillary, the biggest fashion question that I feel like you should, which is that my child, Birdie, now... Fits in my clothes. What? Is as tall as I am. Oh, my God. Wears my shoes and comes into my closet and pulls together wild outfits. <laughs> does amazing makeup on their face. I don't even understand who this person is, really. Like, it's fascinating. It's crazy that like their bones are made out of your bones and yet they're just a mystery. And they're a wildly unique and individual human. And for your listeners who don't know, I'm using Bertie's pronouns, they, them. And these kids are just like, 
you got to like take a step back and learn from them, including fashion. I didn't know about the Harry Styles sweater and it was so cute. I loved it. Are you on Harry Styles TikTok? I'm not joining TikTok per a discussion I had with Birdie, which is like they should be allowed to have their own presence and their own social media thing that's like their generations that I'm not honing in on. I'm not making TikToks. Like, let's not get it twisted. But I lurk and I consume and I appreciate. I love them. It really just cracks me up. Harry Styles TikTok in particular, where it's just like, thirst videos. I'm like, I don't know how I ended up here, but I'm real glad I am. One activity that we do together is that Birdie will just show me their favorite TikToks of the week or whatever, you know, so like we'll sit in bed and they'll run through them. But Birdie's not very social media obsessed and specifically like has not a real interest in Instagram. Although occasionally Birdie like will come to me and be like, can you post that picture that you took of me where I look really good? I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. I guess it's like my kids have to put up with so much bullshit of me being their mom. The least I can do is post a photo they want. (laughs) That's a good trade. Easy trade for me. Yeah. Truly. (laughs) This was such a delight. I am so excited for the show. I'm so excited to see you. I know our audience is going to love the show. So where should everyone watch it? Streaming on Peacock tomorrow, May 6th. I think all eight episodes are streaming tomorrow. Listen, here's the deal. I'm normally one of those people that's like not super hyped on stuff that I do. Like, I think it's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's good. Whatever. That's fine. I love this show. It's like made for us. Do you know what I mean? It's so <laughs> ridiculous. It's fun and funny. The flashbacks to the 90s and the girl group stuff is so fantastic. But ultimately, what it's about is about women taking control of their own narrative Mm -hmm. and finding their own voices in their 40s in a way that they were not allowed to do when they were kids, when they were women starting out trying to make it in entertainment. And so obviously, I relate to that. I feel like most women feel that thing now and have felt it for the last several years. You know, we're like, oh, wait, we don't have to be a part of this narrative that we're just here for your sexual pleasure. We can actually say what we want to say and do what we want to do. And how fucking great is that? Tremendous. Mixed into like an insane Tina Fey type comedy and the brilliance of Meredith Scardino and all of our writers and the fabulous fashion and 90s wardrobe flashbacks and singing and dancing and songs there's a really strong feminasty <laughs> message. <laughs> well, I love it. I'm so excited, Busy. Thanks, So Hillary. excited. Okay, everyone, go stream it. Follow Busy Phillips on Instagram. Listen to her podcast. She is amazing. You're amazing. You are amazing. A huge thank you to Busy Phillips for joining me today. Make sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, I would be so grateful if you would rate and review us. It makes a huge difference. If you have any guest suggestions or any other feedback, drop us a line at podcast at whowhatwhere.com or you can find us on social at whowhatwhere. See you next Wednesday on Who What Where with Hillary Kerr. This episode was produced by Hilary Kerr and Olivia Capaletti. 
Editing by Natalie Thurman and Treehouse Recording in Los Angeles, California. Our music is by Jonathan Leahy. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.